Heavy Radio, episode 33, and we are rocking hard early this morning with very special guest Jeremy Wacom. And uh, so we got Marco here, we got Eric, and we got Jeremy Yo. in the Yo. house. And I know, uh, yeah. What are you guys? What have you guys been up to this weekend? Uh, well, uh, Jeremy here. Uh, my band Shattered Earth played a show Friday night, kind of a private show, but it was also live streamed on Facebook, and it went pretty well. Um, uh, and Saturday was my daughter's ninth birthday, so we celebrated that. And Congrats. today, thank you. And uh, this morning, uh, I I play drums with the worship band at my church. So did two services, and I actually just got home recently from doing that. So that's been nice. my weekend. That's a, that's a nice little mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, yeah, it is. Heck yeah, I I um I've spent the morning battling the uh, the plumbing in my apartment. I woke up to. <laughs> Uh, water coming from the wall, and I was my eyes weren't open oh. yet, and so as a report, I got the water shut off, and I got things uh, <laughs> under control. But it woke me up fast. Between that, and Mark sending me the music video to Dragnet. Um, <laughs> I'm very amped up this morning. I'm ready to roll. That's, that's good. You got any water the, damage? Uh, <laughs> Thankfully not. Now, hopefully, knock on wood. So was it the washer? Because <laughs> if so, you got to talk dirty to it. That's what I've heard. Let's see, I went to a show on Friday, which was compromised of some friends, bands from around the Midwest, and it was awesome to just be at a live show, probably the first, oh, one of the first that I've been to um, since the whole global events that we've all dealt with, so that was rad, and uh, then um, last night I just so happened to be able to catch this meet and greet after work. I was able to uh, be at a meet and greet with Glenn Jacobs, who is also known as Kane, so awesome to be in the Mm -hmm. presence of a world champion, a many-time tag team champion, and the current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Was there so, any fire and or did anyone get choke slammed to hell in your presence? Not, not that I saw, but he was wearing his mask, so so you All know right, not he's a out. very intimidating figure. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, say. Yeah, I just realized really Knox good. Knox County, I think is I'm I'm fairly close to it in relation uh yeah, in relation to how close I am to you guys. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's about two and a half hours away from me. I'm about an hour and a half from the border of uh, of uh, Tennessee, where Johnson City is. So okay. that's that's cool. But yeah, it's cool you got and, to meet uh, him. Yeah, we'll get into some heavy radio. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into some heavy radio news uh, right out the gate. When we got a heavy metal birthday, heavy metal birthday boy Snowy Shaw from King Diamond and Merciful Fate, and also Dream Evil, a Dream Evil drummer oh, nice. Snowy Shaw. 
So, you know, you can get nuts with him and uh, the yeah. Krampus. And uh, he's definitely an entertaining character, uh, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> and then awesome. um, we have to go, we can go back in time here. The Heavy Metal Time Machine, July 25th, 1983. A band you might have heard of, Metallica, released an album you might have heard of, Kill Em All. So on Kill this em day, all. on this day That's in crazy. 1983, you are getting uh, the album Kill 'Em All. That's very appropriate, I feel like, for today. Yes. I uh, I have a little news story kind of connected to that. Um, one of the guys that wrote some stuff on that album, uh, Mr. Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Um, he has announced the official title of the new album is The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead, which is a very Megadeth title. It's very and, heavy. Um, intense. So um, I guess I guess here they, they're right up in uh, Blabbermouth. Um, he did a, Dave did a cameo for a fan, and um, I guess that's where he gave it away, and you can hear a, a snippet of the new record in the background because they're mixing it down, so... Um, so I thought that was pretty fun. I'm definitely excited for some new Megadeth, so... Mm-hmm, me too. Apparently a lot of people have been pleasantly surprised by by the way that Dave Mustaine uses that uh, cameo. Like, he seems to put a lot of thought and sincerity into it, so that's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think towards his fans, he is... He, he really cares about them. Um... For sure, seems like that. As far as coworkers yeah. go, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come and go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I thought yeah, I thought about doing it. Just said Dave Mustaine called me. Oh yeah. I was like, what's up, Dave? <laughs> oh, I got a call from Dave. I uh, true story. A couple of years ago, my uh, my fiance, be my wife in a few weeks here. She um, she got me a cameo for Scott Ian for my birthday. So I was just chilling mm. at work and I got a message and it was Scott Ian. He's like, hey, Eric, happy birthday, man. And I was, I was tripping <laughs> out. So That's awesome. It is fun. Yeah, one time yeah. we were chilling in Clear Lake, Iowa, and we went to like a gas station and Scott Ian was on, a, I think, a payphone or something. And we yeah. didn't bother yeah, him because he was probably yeah. talking to his family or something. We were just like, what up, Scott Ian? On a what up, Scott Ian? <laughs> teenagers we didn't know what to do so we just kind of just hanging out yeah i'd freak the f out we didn't want to bug him but we also want to talk to him so we just were stuck in limbo and then he left so we're like all right let's do the show yeah either that was one of two shows either an epic headlining show with john bush and anthrax or was it when they opened for dio i can't remember which but either one both were amazing nights dang Both ripped uh, up for different reasons. What what years were those? Oh shit! That would four, been... oh, four, five, three, four, five, somewhere okay. there. Because I, I saw them that. in two thousand six on the Among the Living tour, where they played the album from beginning to end, and I oh, saw shit. that in Hollywood. I travel. I, I flew out there by myself. I was eight, eighteen, no. 19 years old. Oh, damn. <laughs> you dove yeah. right into it. Uh-huh. 18 Hollywood watching Anthrax so, play one Anthra- of the best albums. Oh, insane. I was right yeah. up front. Yeah. Oh, 
best ever. Brian Posehn, the, the comedian, was also there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen him live a couple of times. Nice. The, um, let's see, the date of that, the date of the Anthrax concert looks like was December 14th, 2003 from the Music Music of Mass Destruction World Tour. Okay. Oh, yeah, the, uh, is that the one they recorded Ryan, the DVD on? Yeah, I think so. Not that night, but that's around it. that same that same vibe was felt, that's for sure. That's a good show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was funny when Eric and I were pretty young, we got introduced to Brian Posehn early through this video game. It was a Star Wars parody game called Star Wars. <laughs> And it was Brian Posehn, wasn't the other one? City Rump. The guy from... It was the guy who did the... Ninja Turtle. Yeah, Mikey. Mikey's voice. <laughs> oh, man. So it was those two just riffing on Star Wars jokes. It was pretty great. <laughs> That's awesome. Creeping Yoda. <laughs> Never forget Star Wars. No. <laughs> Um, what else? Sebastian Bach announced he's celebrating the 30th anniversary of Slave to the Grind with a tour this fall in the USA. Oh, he's snap. performing the whole album in its entirety. Oh, yes! <laughs> I mean, Mud Kicker, Mud Kicker is going to happen. Oh, yeah. man. Living on the chain the gang. Act. Yeah. Oh, my God. Riot Act. Dude, that's dope, insane. Man. That's my favorite skid row album and sebastian yeah. bach is one of my uh influences at least as far as stage presence goes oh yeah. and voice as well but oh, i yeah. never hit the notes that he could scream <laughs> yeah, he's, one, he's one of the best man still is yeah 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 i, can, I definitely right. hope i can see one of those i've seen him a couple times and he definitely played and a highlight was um in a darkened room and he gave it up to oh, Dimebag when he played that. It was pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've seen him a couple times. Once or twice, I can't remember, at Rocklahoma. And I feel like they did Slave to the Grind. I'm not sure. Um, but I saw Skid Row there, too, with whoever singer that they had at the time. But he did a good yeah. job, I, I, I think, whoever I, it was. Yeah. I saw Skid Row at like a biker bar in Winston-Salem and they like, people were just driving their motorcycles right oh, up dude. to the stage and it was just like a really raucous dude. night. It was pretty epic. They played a lot of Slaves to the Ground songs. I wonder which venue, wild. I wonder which venue I saw, because I saw Manowar and Rhapsody at Winston-Salem, um, but I can't remember. Oh, the, hell yeah. The, the name of the venue, but yeah, Man of War. That had to be 2005, I feel like, when that happened. It was right after the Symphony yeah. of Enchanted Lands 2 came out. That's crazy. If I remember right, yeah. I think it was called, I think it was called Ziggy's. Yep, that's the one. The that's where I saw them. <laughs> that's, I couldn't remember the wow. name, but once you said it, that's where I saw Man of War. Pulled up from the ether. Yeah, for real. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have remembered. No, I love, uh, yeah, no, I would have loved to see that. Like, just seeing them at a smaller uh, USA show. I saw them in, 
in Minneapolis uh, mm. on one of their more recent tours, and it was a, it was an awesome night of heavy metal yeah. majesty. Oh, absolutely. how did Eric Adams sound at that show? That's definitely one of my favorite vocalists. Oh, uh, just a hundred and ten percent on point. You know, fuck yeah. I I wouldn't I I expected him. I I expected as much, but um, you know, the any of the videos, live recordings of concerts and stuff, he's amazing. Well. Even in a small bar where it feels like a private party and there's no recording going on, he sounds just as good. He's doing his all. Yeah, that was my experience so, as well. It was awesome. Yeah. And he just he seems like a really nice dude, so it's pretty awesome. That yeah, he does. Man of War at least is like really humble and, and polite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> He's like the polar opposite with Joey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joey seems like a huge d bag. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I hope he doesn't hear that because he'd kick my ass. Dude's, I mean, I think he's, he's one of those people that knows, like Danzig and Dave Mustaine. They know their reputation, I'm sure, by by this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then of course you got Carl Logan, but uh, we won't talk about we got? him anymore. Oh. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely been canceled, and if as as canceled as anyone could be, and for a good reason. Uh, yeah, and uh, very deserving of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's just sad. I'm I I just never expected any of my favorite bands uh, to have that uh, that kind of connection. Unfortunately, I know I was I was sad and shocked and surprised, but. But on is a what better it is. note, I always loved Ross the Boss, and he, as far as I know, yeah. he's always been a, a stand-up fella, so. <laughs> yeah, he's all, I've seen interviews with him, and he's very, very nice guy. Actually, sure. funny story, before any of that went down, I, I just, you know, I just put out whatever my my thoughts on politics are on social media and never really worried about it and actually Carl Logan sent me a, a private message once just really pissed off at something that I wrote saying like wow. someone that we won't name like deserved to be like murdered and it was like I was like okay this guy is no good and then all that other stuff came out and I was wow. like okay he's definitely not a not a he's not in a good place not That's a good individual so surprising because he yeah. just seems very uh like a withdrawn person like just based on his he the, seemed the really chill present. until yeah like, heard until, until he, he started talking to me directly you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you set him off mark apparently <laughs> it was one post he couldn't take yeah <laughs> but also yeah awesome news armored saints uh, is announcing they're going to finally get to do some live tour dates in support of Punching the Sky, their latest record. They're going to be with Black Label Society and Prong. So that okay. is, uh, looks like they got a number of West Coast dates. Eric, you might have to check that out. Hell yeah. yeah I've I'm seen them once there. too. Um, and I saw them at Rocklahoma one year and. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. John Bush was there. I was pretty excited about that, so. 
Yeah, I kind of put him in Is that same still... category. Always giving his all. Always sounds on point. Oh yeah, he just has a passion to his voice. But he's still singing with them right now. Yeah, or... he's still okay, with yeah. Armored Saint, and also he's been teasing doing a tour, um, playing his Anthrax songs. Oh, so that'd that be cool. Comes to pass. Yeah, I'd love to hear some of that. Hopefully he plays Antisocial, even though it was a cover. I hope he plays it, because when he, I saw him do Antisocial Live, it was brutal both times. Yeah, he Dude, yeah. And Mark, pit. Dude, Belly of the Beast with him on vocals is just brutal, uh-huh. too, Fuck man. Yeah. yeah, it's sick. Yeah, I definitely put that album up there with my heavy hitters, with Slave to the Grind, uh, persist- Persistence of Time, fucking still That's- epic. Yeah, that's either that's my second favorite, and Spreading the Disease is actually my first favorite Anthrax album. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We got, uh, here's a, a bit of news you can use. Guns N' Roses has teamed up with this company called Smoke Cartel to release the official Guns N' Roses water bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't like Guns N' Roses, but all right, they got props on me for that. <laughs> Paraphernalia. <laughs> it's just a water pipe. Just a water pipe, man. <laughs> it's all it ever is, tobacco. Um, yeah, it's all ever works. You got any other news? <laughs> I just had one other fun one. Uh, you got any? Um, this is, yeah, this is from, uh, from Kerrang. They, one of their writers um, did a piece, like a throwback article. He found some pictures from, from back in 1999 because him and his friends went to Woodstock 99. And so um, he wrote an article documenting this. And there's photos of him and his crew just as things start out fun and start getting insane. Um, for those of you younger listeners out there, um, Woodstock 99 started out like as a regular festival and then by the end of it I think there was multiple fires and stuff burning and everything was destroyed and amongst other worse things and I'm pretty sure Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit literally started a riot um, so he literally um, got people to break stuff literally yeah. got people to break stuff he was feeling like a chainsaw that night and if uh <laughs> I was, it's just a really interesting article, and I remember if you dudes remember that from back in the day, but I remember even as a what, 12-year-old kid at the time, I was just like, this is getting out of hand, like watching it on MTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corn like, was, was there, Metallica very, was there. I was very passionate about um, what I liked and didn't like at that at that young, impressionable age, and I hated so much of it, but I loved the Metallica yeah. set from that. They played like a long ass set of deep cuts and covers and load and reload songs and it was fucking it's so great i just literally watched it like four days ago for the first time like i, I was like oh, i should check this out and I, that's crazy uh, just yeah uh, you know that's in the news today because uh, like I, I just watched it after all these years that's i've been funny. listening to them for like 20 years and uh and then yeah that's yeah, they awesome. played it live on one of our Iowa rock stations, and I taped the Metallica set on a boombox. So that's, I mean, that dates <laughs> the, the 1999 experience. 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think uh, Megadeth played there. Some other people did. Too. Yeah, I remember. I, was to look at the set I think list. Megadeth had a pretty short spot, if I remember right, and it was either right before or right after Collective Soul, who I had never really listened to much, but they covered, Collective Soul covered Crazy Train, and that was pretty cool, actually. Collective, they're really, speaking of nice and humble musicians, every single one of them is really great. I saw them over here in uh, Dublin, which is a town near Christiansburg in Virginia, and um, they were they were great. I think I commented on one of their things. I was like, I'm going to be at the show tonight. And like Collective Soul liked it. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, after that, after that set, I came to appreciate them and I still enjoy them to this day. Yeah. Um, last news item I had is there's a new heavy metal label that have announced, um, it is founded by Giles Lavery and Carl Kennedy, who is in the Rods, and it's called Louder Than Loud Records. They want to focus on new heavy metal acts and then also acquire some classic back catalog reissues. And uh, it's louderthanloudrecords.com. And so check it out. It sounds like two people that are, are you know definitely into classic heavy metal and into supporting bands for the right reasons so it sounds sounds cool oh yeah i'm gonna that's uh, awesome we're gonna have to check that out then i'll oh, yeah. remember that because yeah that's, louder than that's loud our next records. steps yep louder than loud that's i love it easy to remember and it's a great phrase <laughs> and then yeah um, wish him luck I think we got Thank some you. some bills to pay. We got Eric has something hot off the press. He has to. Oh read. yes, yes. <laughs> um, these podcasts don't pay for themselves, folks. So we gotta pay the bill, man, and um, read these commercials. I always say I'm just reading this from the page. So if anybody um, you know disagrees or uh, anything like that, I'm just reading what's on the page here. Go fuck yourself. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> yeah. This is a really harsh way to start. Um, <laughs> this is for uh, Ronnie James Dio's Magic Sword. Let's face it, folks. The world can be a crazy place, and home protection is a concern the modern metalhead may have. A modern problem sometimes calls for an ancient solution. We here at Metal Products, Inc. present the Ronnie James Dio Magic Sword. Simply charge nightly with belief in its supreme power. If anyone dares challenge, you'll be armed and ready for combat with the power of the Sacred Heart, as TM. RJD Magic Sword is effective against intruders, lurkers, hangers-on, dragons, bats, cats, rats, ladies of the lake, starstruck ladies, angry machines, dogs, frogs, bogs, time machines, demons of untold evil, and nosy neighbors. 399 American dollars plus shipping and handling. Well, that's a steal right there. I know. That's a steal. That's a, a steal, deal. steal. Fight so many things. <laughs> it's effective. I've seen it. He had a demo of it on the Sacred Heart tour. It lit up in rainbow colors. I saw it. He killed a dragon with it. He demonstrated its true power on stage. So oh, it was factual. legit. It was forged. Go to the, the tapes, folks. Go to the tapes. In the blackest of ales and the dankest of <laughs> cannabis. 
<laughs> it's real, dog. It's where you have to pull it out of the bog. He slayed a dragon with each sword that is in production. Personally. <laughs> True. Until it was found that he was actually in league with dragons. I don't believe it. I don't the, think uh, it was a clever yeah. ruse to check it take out. money. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, check it out. The, uh, and without further ado, let's get let's get into it. We got this kick-ass guest here, Jeremy Wacob, yes. coming at us from Christiansburg, Yo. Virginia, and he's the vocalist for the band Shattered Earth. So you mentioned that uh, you just did a live show, streaming. You played some songs on your first release called Frenzy, and uh, yeah. let's talk about that. Let's talk about the release in the band, and uh, maybe what were some of those covers you played? Okay, uh, yeah. Um, well, we'll start at the beginning. We formed in 2019, uh, in this, about the spring, and it just was really random. Like, I had just recently quit a band that was kind of going nowhere, and my wife was like, you should uh, go on Craigslist and see if there's any musicians or something that, you know, you could play with. Because I was still in that, uh, well, I wanted to be in a, in a band and still sing and stuff. Um, so I went on Craigslist and one of the first things I looked at was uh, some musicians looking for a vocalist and a bassist, I think, as well, um, who like heavy metal, classic heavy metal, they named like Iron Maiden and they had some video, YouTube videos of them playing Master of Puppets and stuff. And these looked like kids, like, and they were at the time, they were like 18 at the time, maybe. And I was like, I don't know, I feel a little too old. I'm 30, <laughs> uh, I was 31 or 32 at the time. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to fit in, but I, I went to a rehearsal, we went through some songs, um, some Maiden, I think, uh, definitely Metallica and Megadeth, and they were just immediately like, "Yeah, you're you're in," and I'm like, "Well, fuck yeah!" <laughs> so since then, we we created the name. This um, this we started from scratch completely, uh, and we just. Started out with covers, as every pretty much every band does, um, and we came up with the name. It was like, okay, that's a pretty appropriate name. We want to be a big sounding heavy metal, you know, just pure heavy metal, not any of these subgenres of deathcore and grindcore, whatever there is. And uh, we didn't want to be alienate anybody by just being black metal or progressive metal power metal or anything. We kind of want to have, um, and since the beginning, have wanted to have a mixture of everything, you know, with all of our influences, which are a lot are completely different and only a very few are similar. We kind of feel like we're creating a, a different sound. But uh, going back, we played several shows um, in the Roanoke area here in Virginia. Um, the the front row, a little hole in the wall bar, uh, but a fun ass place to have a show. People get crazy. We played there, been welcomed there many a time. Um, we played in Lynchburg, um, 
and and then we played the last show last year in St. Patrick's Day in Roanoke at the front row, and then COVID just took over everything. Um, so everything was closed. Obviously, bands weren't doing anything, and we began really focusing on writing. Um, so we, the first song we wrote was Garden of Disease, which is on the EP. Um, and then we wrote Frenzy and Slow Burn. And we felt like they were pretty solid. We had them ready and we recorded them in the basement that we practiced in. Um, the drummer's dad had a soundboard and he had his little Alienware laptop and he mixed it himself and everything and that's what it sounds like if uh, if if anybody wants to check it out it's on every streaming music streaming service there is I believe from Pandora to Spotify to Apple Music and it's Shattered Earth and the uh, album is Frenzy but that was just recorded in a basement and um, since then uh, we've been working on even more material, um, one of which we played Friday night show, which was our first show this year, our first show since COVID, really, uh, and it was a private sort of uh, show at a new up-and-coming venue that hasn't opened yet. Um, it was a private party slash live Facebook live stream show, and we played our three songs from the demo. Uh, EP and our one one of our new ones uh, called Dreamer in a Wasteland and uh, our second set was just four covers uh, we started out with The Trooper by Iron Maiden of course everyone here listening should know <laughs> I shouldn't even have to say Iron Maiden uh, <laughs> so we played the, the Trooper, we played The Four Horsemen um, we played Hell, which is uh, a song by a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. If anybody's familiar with that band, they put out an album. I can't recall the name right now. I'm not a huge fan of the band, but the drummer is an insane fan. And uh, the drummer of our band. And uh, they put out an album, which is like pure 80s thrash. It sounds like something from like 1982, like one of the first thrash and there's a song called Hell on there. We cover that. It's really fun. And then we closed out with uh, yet another Iron Maiden classic, Hallowed Be Thy Name. Huh, so, awesome. That's not an easy one. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love I love singing that one so much. Uh, it's a lot of I used to, when I first started singing with the band, I was like, can we take this down a half step? Because my vo I had recently blown my voice in the previous band I was in. And it was still damaged when I tried out for the band for Shattered Earth, and they still were like, "Yeah, you're you're in." And it took I think six months maybe after I joined the band before my voice got better. And then being consistently practicing with them, and I practice at home a lot, uh, my voice got better, and then I was able to sing "Hallowed" in its standard tuning. So. Um, awesome amazing and yeah so it's it's been good and that's that's kind of where we are now friday was our our most recent show and we have another one coming up in august 20th at the coffee pot in roanoke so if anybody's 
Anywhere in the, near that area, check it out. Hell yeah. So the so Shattered Earth, the first release was Frenzy. And so the what's the best way for people to support Shattered Earth? And also, can people still watch that live stream show? Where would they do that? Uh, well, I Probably have a couple things to say about the... Or... Uh, yeah. Well, I'll get to the live stream show, because there was the whole situation with that. <laughs> A situation. Uh, a, there is a huge situation. Um, as far as supporting us, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, just Shattered Earth or Shattered Earth Band. I don't. Uh, it's listed under one of those, um, and you'll probably you'll recognize it. I think the picture on. And if I'll I'll go look right now. The picture. On Facebook is of the Plague Doctor. Uh, it's a black and white Plague Doctor symbol. Um, yeah. So you'll be able to recognize that easily if you. Really, that's just uh, all we need for support is just people following us, checking up on what we're doing, and listening to our music on whatever streaming service they have. That's all. That's all I ask of you know. Um, uh, and hopefully we'll start playing shows soon within the next several months uh, across the country. So I can, uh, I've checked it out, the album out on Spotify, I have to say it's really good, man. And um, I thought it sounded good, uh, especially for uh, just demoing it. I thought it sounded awesome. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the riff from the, uh, the first track, it was super catchy. Um, so I was super digging it. Okay. That yeah. guitar riff. I want to see because I don't remember which order it's in. I'll go look right Let's now. See. I, I, I want to say bring it up too. could be slow burn. Slow that's, burn. That's okay, slow I was gonna say. One. I was gonna say because uh, that is the. Uh, whoops! I'm accidentally playing. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the verse. My favorite song. In. Yeah, it yeah. just. It ended up being just really catchy. I, I write, so I write all the lyrics and the vocal parts. Well, not all the lyrics. Sometimes the guitarists uh, write lyrics or ideas and stuff, and I have to change them around to fit the song. But uh, Slow Burn was the only one that I came up with the idea for the lyrics, which I'll get into in a second. And I wrote the vocal melodies for everything. And... Um, uh, it's my favorite song on the demo because of how catchy it is. And another thing, we played it last year. Um, at we actually did play. We played two shows during COVID in the fall. I forgot about, and we were in Richmond, and we played a show. We played Slow Burn, and this other band that we were opening for called Ashes to Vanity. Um, their guitarist came up to me and was like. He was like, dude, that slow burn. It's been a long time since I've heard a song that gave me like goosebumps or chills, but that one did. And I was like, yeah, it's got something, man. It's, yeah, it's a special it's, spark. Yeah. It has a, it has that slight, it has a Megadeth feel almost, that euthanasia era uh, or countdown even. But it, uh, yeah. that was kind of the influence. And then lyrically, so the guitarist came up with the title, Slow Burn. So I had to, 
we didn't have to keep that title, but I was like, we'll keep that title and I'll come up with some idea. My first idea uh, for Slow Burn was about driving uh, a car under the influence of marijuana. I don't know why. Uh, that was my first thing. I wanted it marijuana related. I was like, Slow Burn. That's, that yeah, sounds that fits. burning one. Uh, then somehow... Um, I remembered a coworker of mine when I was working at a construction company mentioning the sun burning out and eventually like exploding and every you know he's like yeah this is billions of years from now and I was like that's a pretty cool idea and I was like slow burn okay the sun is slowly burning out as is every star in the universe so I wrote uh, the lyrics about the sun uh, dying, and when it eventually uh, it expands and explodes and sucks all the planets into it and everything. So it's it's short, but it gets it tells that story really. And one other thing, um, the verses and stuff, I was kind of influenced by "Over and Out" by Pantera, which I remember Dark Mirror covered way back. And, uh, yeah, I can hear, I, I can hear the early Phil and Somo. Yeah. That, I was telling Marco the same yeah. thing. I was like, I hear like early yeah, Phil. We should there. get into that. Actually, the three of us <laughs> yeah. have shared a stage before playing as Dark Mirror and you were playing mm -hmm. drums. So yeah, early on, what'd you get into first singing or playing drums or was it kind of both at the same time? Uh, they were very close together. Um, I think I, I, got my first drum set when I was 13, I want to say. Uh, I saw it downtown Roanoke um, in the window of a pawn shop. And I had asked my parents, I think it was near my birthday, so it ended up being my birthday gift. It was $400, it was a percussion plus five piece, which is bottom of the line, I believe, but I souped it up some. I eventually got a double bass pedal. I started out, before I got the double bass, I started out playing like Sweet Home Alabama and Come As You Are, you know, the, just to figure out how to play a beat. And then, you know, I listened to And Justice For All and I was like, there's no way in hell I'll ever be able to play that. And I ended up being able to play that. So, um, I, I played drums, uh, and I think I started a band when I was 15, and I was just really influenced by Metallica and James Hetfield, and Lars Ulrich was a huge influence on my playing. And I remember the moment I learned how to sing and play at the same time. Uh, I, I was the lead singer and the drummer of my very first band, I should say, and I was not a very good singer. I was, in fact, terrible like worse than worse than like 1982 james hetfield let's say I, honestly um, that is a rat i was gonna ask about if you've ever tried that because that is a feat i think to play drums and yeah. sing at the same time and we saw oh. uh, a master class in that eric and i saw joey belladonna at a little club and he was on lead vocals and playing the drums, and he played. I don't know how he did that stuff. Played an amazing set list that spanned, you know, his songs and the Anthrax catalog and some covers. He, we got him to the crowd, got him to play. Um, 
What song did he play twice? Because they were just hollering for it. Uh, that's cheese, man. It uh, was um, <laughs> metal thrashing mad. Metal thrashing mm. mad. Yeah, like he's like I already Damn. played that. I I played every song I know, <laughs> and we were like, do it again. He's like, I can't. That'd be cheese, right? And we were like, no, play it. He did it twice. Closed out with wow. the second dose of metal thrash and matters. And it was amazing. it was brutal. Because you know, so many things. You got the drumming, obviously, which is pretty intense from fucking Anthrax. Yes. Charlie Benante is one of my personal favorites. And then you have the vocals. Joey is one of my most amazing vocalists who's ever tried to oh, yeah. do it. And three, you have to be, you know, charismatic and keep the show going. And he did all three. Like, you're sitting there, you can't move around very much, and he mm-hmm. was never, you know, it was never a dull moment. It was, it was a amazing night. That's yeah. One. And it was actually yeah. in the wake of Dimebag's murder, so it was like everybody just needed that awesome night. It was really yeah. special. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the, pretty much around the same time that I pretty got into playing and playing heavy metal, that that happened. My actual I uh, I don't know if I heard it myself first through the news, or I remember my band teacher, I played trumpet in band in high school, he came up to me and mentioned it to me, and I was like, I, I, whoa. Uh, I think he was the first one to mention it, so I think I was surprised by that. But um, I'll say luckily, I wasn't into Pantera just yet at that time. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't, you know, get feel it as hard as I would have if it was now, you know. Like Vinnie Paul hit real hard now, you know. Um, so, but, yeah, that's that was around the time. So 2000... Three, I was drumming and singing at the same time. The first song we ever performed live was at a talent show, so it was one song, and it was Harvester of Sorrow, and I sang awesome. it and played it on wow. a five-piece. Yeah. Try that, Lars <laughs> Ulrich. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, uh, what, what, when did you kind of cross paths with heavy metal music for the first time, do you remember? So, <clears throat> this is the story I always tell everyone. Um, I hated the 80s my entire childhood. Uh, I was born <laughs> in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, and those are totally different eras. Like, they're, they're very unique in their own way. You can see a distinct line from, like, the 80s to the 90s. And so I was a total 90s kid. I was like, I hate the 80s. I hate wood paneling. I hate multicolored carpet. And I hate the style and the hair and the clothes. Ugh. And then I was homesick from school one day in fifth grade and randomly searching through uh, our VHS collection. Uh, and I saw Back to the Future. And I was like, oh, I'll pop that in and see what that's all about. And uh, so I just fell in absolute love with it just everything and the aesthetic and i was like well i'm an 80s kid forever but what got me is the scene where he uh where marty is trying to convince his father in 1955 to ask 
his mom out, um, and he puts on headphones on um, on his dad, his young version of his dad, pops in an Eddie Van Halen tape and just blares it. And the sounds that I heard of Eddie just shredding and then these digital drum tom sounds coming in like I was like what is this and so I went to like a books I was at a books a million or a Barnes and Noble with my parents and they had a CD section and I saw Van Halen 1984 and a little baby smoking on it I was like that's pretty cool I'm, I'm like I'm like 11 or 12 at this time I'm in middle school um and they let me buy the album. They're pretty cool back then, um, or maybe they were just ignorant of that, <laughs> of that sort of thing. But um, so I bought it in 1984. Listened to it, uh, blew my underwear right off. It was uh, it was just amazing in every way. Uh, obviously, hot for teacher intro, uh, drop dead legs riff. Everything. Um, House of Pains on that one. House yeah. of Pains is heavy as fuck. And, you know, I was telling people at school, I was like, oh, this band Van Halen. And, of course, there's kids who grew up with parents who listen to that stuff. And like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know about Van Halen. <laughs> it's like, why don't you listen to 96.3, the local rock station? <laughs> so I did that. Around that time, No Leaf Clover had just come out. Oh, fuck I heard man. that. Yeah, so that that was my first. I never heard Metallica before 1999. Dead ass. <laughs> uh, like I literally never heard Enter Sandman growing up. I listened to the pop station, so I was Ace of Base and uh, um, Alanis Morissette. Like this is. I listened to fucking the Spice Girls. Okay, I'm not afraid to admit it. I have <laughs> their CD. Album. Yeah, that me too. <laughs> me too. So. That was me growing up. My parents listened, my dad listened to gospel, and my mom listened to opera and like Celine Dion. So I heard No Leaf Clover, and that obviously growing up with opera, I loved classical, um, and heard No Leaf Clover, and it had that rock, you know, that metal that I just recently got into. Um, and I was like, what is this? I tried to find it at the store. And I ended up accidentally getting Master of Puppets because in my mind, it said Orion on the back and in parentheses, instrumental. And I'm like, well, that's probably that song they played on the radio. That's, that's a happy and I, accident. And, that's a Bob Ross. Yeah, it was a happy accident. I was with my... Heavy metal tree. Yeah. yeah I, that reminds I, me. I put it in the, the stereo. With, had the same thing with ACDC and I was looking for big balls and I think high voltage had she's got balls and I was like, Oh, that might be it. But it turned out to be <laughs> a fucking amazing album. This right. A different time kids. You just had to guess back in the day. Yeah. You, had you could, money, you had one chance. You had your money. Time. Yeah. You had to just hope it was right. And you know, you couldn't pre check it out before you listen. No, no you YouTube, know. no older brothers to ask. It was just, yeah. you just so dive we, in and that's how I bought uh, yeah I was I, that's how I bought every album that I ever owned growing up was uh, after I got into metal I looked at the back and looked at what year it came out and if it was between like 1978 and 1992 and it had a badass 
cover on it that looked metal and a logo that was sharp and you know that yeah. I'd be the one I'd buy. Yeah, that's, that's so how I found things, Man War. So many things came to mind listening to you that I'm just gonna have a crazy rundown. So, so I work <laughs> in a women's prison right now and. Spice Girls come okay. up a lot, and so does Wilson Phillips. Like, you will see just women bust into Hold On. Like, uh, that's happened multiple times now in the last few years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, Spice Girls tend to come mm-hmm. up a lot. And then um, you mentioned getting inspired by Back to the Future. We had a guest a couple episodes ago, Andrew Smeltzer from Traffic Death, and he was inspired by the movie Repo Man. So that was kind of okay. it's kind of crazy how, you know... Um, Emilio Estevez and uh, Christopher Lloyd <laughs> have been responsible for a couple heavy metal maniacs. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And mentioning the um, the age playing with younger guys, I think heavy metal is is cool that way. It's one of the most like forgiving and inclusive. Like Udo Dirkschneider's still playing with his son in his band and things like that. Like, yeah, John I mean, Karabi is doing the same thing with his son as his drummer. So. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like if there's going to be an audience that could not give a shit what age you are, it's probably heavy metal. Like, I see, um, I've seen a couple bands that are still going and they're getting up there. And I mean, you just, you still see, like, um, even of the elder statesmen, like Billy Gibbons and uh, John Fogarty and shit are still out there rocking mm-hmm. from even the pre metal world. So it's yeah. like. I mean, I would go see it. I'd, I'd still go see ZZ Top in a heartbeat soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is it is crazy, you know. When we were in high school, we were listening to Ride the Lightning and Peace Cells and, uh, you know, all, all this stuff. And it was like dudes in their 40s were like, that's what I used to listen to in high school. And, yeah. we're, you know, we were like born in the wrong era or so we thought and we were like this is the jam and then now we're in our 30s and getting closer to our 40s and we're like uh you know I'm, i was surprised that uh these yeah, guys are is almost right now. 60 that's crazy yeah it's ins- it's insane so and it's so great to see you know people these 20 year olds just in love with all the same stuff that I loved back then and they they love playing they don't want to play this new bullshit that's out there they love the old school you know yeah once when Eric and I were teenagers, we tried to play in a. We tried to start a band with a drummer who was older than us. He was probably in his forties or fifties, and he totally reminded yeah. us of Cozy Powell, and it was fucking awesome. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> yes. give a shit. If the closest thing you could get to playing with Cozy Powell meant playing with someone older than you, like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. We didn't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All, if you're there and you got the if you just want to play and you got a fun attitude and you're ready to rock then yeah i think it's you got to keep holding the flame and that's uh you know that's part of why we're doing this even is just you know uh, you know turning younger people on to stuff that we loved and yeah and some the magical going, stuff happens like both kk's yeah. priest and judas priest are now like a mixture of age ranges of members and i know right? ass. yeah Exactly. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, with totally not an alternate Jewish priest band. He told us a couple weeks. Yeah, ago. 
Okay, we, um, without further ado, I think we could get into the playlist and start adding our tracks to Spotify, be on YouTube. Uh, this is Heavy Radio episode 33, guest Jeremy Wacob, Heavy Radio 33 tracks. And I'll, I'll fire this one off, I'll fire the first shot. <laughs> I'm going with Sanctuary, One More Murder. It's from the second studio album from Sanctuary, Into the Mirror Black came out in 1990 and one thing I always thought was cool about this other than the badass members and the awesomeness of World Dane, awesome lyrics, mm -hmm. epic vocals, um, but 20% of all publishing royalties received for the two Sanctuary records um, at that time went to help prevent child abuse in the USA. Wow, did not so know good. that. Good dudes, intelligent ass lyrics. Um, I yeah. just love, I love that band. Uh, Hugh Worrell is a big, big, big influence of mine. Hell yeah! My uh, my next pick or my first pick for the week is a band called Tokyo Blade, and this song is Night of the Blade. Um, these guys are are super influenced by uh, Maiden. Uh, I don't think they got as big as others back in the day, but um, if you're into old school metal, definitely check out Tokyo Blade's whole catalog. But uh, Night of the Blade, this song was the first one that turned me on to these guys, so definitely check it out. Super catchy, great playing, straight up old school, very Maiden-y stuff, um, but a lot of hidden gems in their catalog. So Tokyo Blade, Night of the Blade. Nice. All right. Is it my go? It is. Yes, sir. All right. My first pick uh, of this week is Judas Priest's Metal Meltdown. And I'm a huge, huge Priest fan. It was obviously super hard to pick just one song or even one, any from any album because they're all just 100% solid. Um, I don't care what anybody says about Turbo. That shit rocks. Yeah, those good songs on Turbo. <laughs> yeah. So, it, uh, so I picked... Heads Are Gonna Roll, isn't that on there? That's one of my favorite priests. songs. That's on Defenders oh, of the that's Faith, right. that's which, right. is, which is one of... is If not... If Painkiller wasn't my favorite album, probably Defenders oh, would, yeah. would that's be. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, They're about tied. I, I don't really uh, have a priest album that I can't crank and enjoy. So. Right? Right? It's just, they're perfect. But, I mean, the metal god himself, I mean, what can you say? But I chose Metal Meltdown specifically. Uh, it is off one of my favorite albums. Um, and the range that he has in it, he's not just doing highs. It's really, he does the lows too. And I love how he changes it up in the verses where he starts out. He's like, kind of... He starts out kind of high, like, something's calling. And then the next line is like, in the night. So it just really, it's a song that I feel like uh, highlights every aspect of his abilities. Fuck yeah. So, and the riffage is just bad. Scott badass. Travis, beast of a drummer. Oh, the, 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 like, my favorite. changes is like inhuman. Oh. Dude, he's like a huge, definitely another huge drumming influence of mine. Top, top three, if not, you know, five, a top five. He's right up there. 
believe that. And I love yeah. how this works out, the metal magic coming into play here and the synchronicity. My next pick is Pantera with Proud to be Loud from Power Metal, fourth studio mm -hmm. album that by Pantera released in May 1988 through Metal Magic Records. Uh, this song was actually written and produced by Keel guitarist Mark Ferrari. And uh, a little uh, tidbit, Pantera's version of this song was used as a party song in theatrical cut of the 2001 film Donnie Darko. For whatever reason, it was credited wow. to <laughs> the dead green mummies. But I, when I saw that movie, I knew right away I was fucking proud to be loud. And also, badass, it was in Trail to Doomsday, a MacGyver TV movie from 1994. And it was in the film what? The Mighty Ducks 2. So you got fucking Emilio. Wait, hold Emilio, what? Proud to be Loud. I love that song. I didn't know it was written by the Keel guitar player, but that's badass too. And uh, that, You know what? That makes sense. For, now that I guess, that makes sense. Yeah, that's great insane. fucking song. And great vocals, uh, awesome little weaves through pop culture, uh, crank it, proud to be loud. Wow. I, uh, my next pick is Anthrax, What Does It Die? Um, yeah. Speaking of some John Bush era Anthrax, um, I recently got all hyped up on Anthrax all over again with their 40th anniversary, and so I've just been in a huge Anthrax kick since last week. Um, always, of course, but they just, uh, maybe want to go back and listen to some of this stuff, and What Doesn't Die is still just goddamn brutal. <laughs> like, from 2003, the dynamics and the production, the song itself is amazing, the playing is perfect, it's, it's one of my favorite songs, period, ever. Um, and if somebody, like, had to ask me, like, what is heavy metal, I could hand them this song, but, like, um, this is, like, this will get you in the ballpark, so, Anthrax, What Doesn't Die. Nice. I is, cannot uh, say it like him. I know. Uh, is Any Place But Here on that album? Or is that a different album? I believe so. Because uh, speaking of that that era, that's one of my favorite songs off of that. Yeah, Refuse to Be Denied. I love that song. It's got a lot yeah. of power to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that does have Any Place But Here. Frankie Bella uh, is one of my favorite bass players. It's it's uh yeah I love I love that yeah. time period of Anthrax but pretty much all Anthrax really so Cadillac Rock Box Cadillac Rock Box yeah Eric uh, and I had had a radio show and we forgot that there was like Dimebag dropping some f bombs or something at the boy. beginning so so the FCC <laughs> could have came after us if they were paying yeah. attention because we so had, had the guts <laughs> they had the they had the cojones to do so they didn't. They wouldn't dare yeah. fuck with the heavy uh, radio. <laughs> That's right. So I got my second pick here, and this is uh, an interesting one. It's uh, Sabotage, uh, When the Crowds Are Gone. Oh, and yes. this Amazing. song is just perfection from beginning to end. Just starts out piano and vocals. Mr. John Oliva is insane. Um... And it's just so passionate, so theatrical, um, and what the it builds builds so well into the shredding guitar solo. Like the guitar solo is so melodic at first, and then there's last like 
10 seconds, like eight or 10 seconds, that's just pure shreddage. And then it goes into the, the last, I don't know what you'd call it, bridge or the last whatever. And John Oliva's voice is just up in the stratosphere the entire time singing just deep ass lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you know, out and of anybody I can think of, I feel like. You know, he's one of my books where, like, man, this guy has felt some pain and seen some shit. Oh, he, it comes he out is, in, his, in his songs and his lyrics. Oh, for sure. Him, he, him, and Warl Dane are just modern day Edgar Allan Poe's. Man, they they've seen some shit. They've been through it, uh, and you and they you can tell in their music and writing. But uh, sabotage. Couple things about sabotage. I'm actually a, more of a influenced vocally uh, by Zachary Stevens, their second vocalist, and I just love him. And I want to say that uh, Mark, if it wasn't for you, I'd have no idea—at least not at that age—anything about sabotage. Because when I moved out to Iowa to play drums for Dark Mirror. You popped in the cassette tape of Handful of Rain. Oh, fuck and Chance yeah. came on. Yeah. Chance came on and changed my whole fucking world. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I am honored to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I it love, wasn't for I love you. Sabotage. One of my one of my dear friends got me a sabotage shirt and I was just like I was just hooked from I think it was for me that album cover experience. I saw uh, Power of the Night. I think it was it's just like this fist mm -hmm. breaking glass yep. with like some kind of fist armor on it or something. And, oh yeah, and yeah, I was just that's like, a good one. It says something like to the children of the night or something on the back, and I was like, all right, mm -hmm. this, is, this is gonna be good, and and, and it was. <laughs> yeah. And then I just never it looked is. back. They became one of my favorite favorite bands of of all time. Oh me. Me too. I ended up passing on the torch to another friend of mine named Mike. Um, we were we were driving, um, and I put on a Dead Winter Dead album, and he list, He was listening to it, and I was like, "This is okay. It's whatever. It kind of sucks. What you know?" And I'm like, "Dude, take out the CD jacket and read what it's about, and then listen to it." And he did that, and he found he's just been a die-hard sabotage fan ever. And anybody who doesn't know, Dead Winter Dead is about uh, Sarajevo and the uh, and Serbia, the wars going on between those uh, uh, factions or whatever was happening there back in the early '90s. So it's very heartfelt, uh, yeah, based on true story. The hardest hitting records that I can think of. Yeah, and of course, uh, um, Christmas Eve Sarajevo is on there, which most most people yeah, don't most. know that it's a sabotage <laughs> song, not a Trans-Siberian Orchestra song, people. Get it through your heads. I don't want to hear anything about Trans-Siberian Orchestra, even though they rock and they play sabotage songs sometimes. <laughs> Christmas Eve Sarajevo is sabotage, period. He's here to set the record straight. That's right. That's why I'm here. That's yeah. the only reason. Uh, 
we actually had we had the honor. So you have now been on heavy radio with. Uh, we had Jeff Plate, who was the drummer from Sabotage from '94 to 2002, and then Metal Church. Yes. From 2006 to 2009, he was in TSO. He was oh in Doctor Butcher. Yeah. Um, it was an awesome dude. show. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check that one out and check out oh, his I've, latest I've music. Oh, I, I, uh, is he playing on the Live in Japan uh, video uh, of Sabotage in 94 or 95, whenever it was? Yeah, I, I believe so. That sounds, that would sound like, yeah, that'd it's be It's probably time right when he started playing with them is how I would Yeah, because I know it's not it. Steve. I know it's definitely yeah. not Steve oh, Wackles. On that there. note, did you ever see that drum set that Dr. Kill drums? That, if you haven't, check out that. That was a beastly-ass kit. <laughs> Steven, uh, Steven's kit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen it in the music. He had it in some of the music videos back from, uh, like, um, uh, Gutter Ballet and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on there. Is it the four bass drums and just cymbals all around? I, oh, I <laughs> wish I had that set. Yeah, hell yeah. Some someday we might just do a sabotage special because there's so much more we could talk about. But we'll get on to the yeah, next yeah. track. Um, my, uh, yeah. my next track is Metal Church with the Human Factor, a fourth album by heavy metal band Metal Church, released in '91. It was the band's only release on Epic Records, and actually this. Uh, I got this album at a UCD store. It became one of my favorite albums. Made me love Metal Church. Made me love Mike Howe. And it was actually a Skype yeah, call. Them. It was a Skype yeah. call with Mike Howe that I had kind of just like a... I was hoping to do something like this. And I kind of sat down with him. And that conversation was like about him going back to Metal Church. So it made me want to go back to to doing heavy radio and starting up this new journey with Eric. So, so yeah, it's just a very special record with some very special people. And I still think the human factor is really, uh, just really hits home, like the lyrical content to even what's still going on with, in the music industry right. now and writing music yeah. and, and, um, yeah. but yeah, crank it loud as fuck metal church with the human factor. Yeah, my cow fucking rocks. Oh, yeah. Uh, my next pick is uh, Satan with Death Knell for a King. Um, these cats are super catchy. I just recently got into Satan, maybe the last year or so. Um, they've come up in my playlist. And, yeah, the song Death Knell for a King is super catchy. It gets, um, gets stuck in my head all the time and definitely on my, like, my gym rotation. So that means something because it gets me amped up. So... Um, definitely check out Satan's catalog and the song Death Knell for a King is a kick-ass track. Alright, nice. Yeah, I put them uh, up there with those bands that seem to just somehow be getting better and better because they have some recent releases that are well worth digging into, I think. Very kick-ass. Totally. Oh, yeah. Well, my third pick is... Uh, going back to uh, Mark's beginning, uh, Sanctuary song off the same album. 
oh, Authentic like The Mirror Black. Um, it's the first song wow. with the uh, the single music video. Future Tense by Sanctuary, one of my favorite favorite songs um, by Sanctuary, um, right up there next to like Battle Angels and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I forget the second track off of Into the Mirror Black, but that's a good one. Um, it's a good band. Yeah, so we've we've already mentioned World Dane. He's just absolutely amazing vocally. Just the lows, the highs, the passion. Good gosh. Um, and what are the every song of- he just puts it all. Two people in 2021 both picking a song out of music history from that album. That's awesome. I know. Playing pick up sticks with their butt cheeks, you know what I'm saying? Dude, exactly. (laughs) And another weird thing, a really weird thing, which I didn't notice until after I I I made my list, is the my first three picks are all released the exact same year. Nice. 1990. Hell of a year. All, That's yeah, funny. yeah, all 1990 they came out. So, very good year for metal, for sure. Indeed. And we'll get, we'll get into new tracks now, I believe. So these are songs that have come out more recently that we're adding to the playlist. And my first track so, um, is from, you know, a real a real badass motherfucker named Ingve Malmsteen with Fight the Good Fight. Oh. And okay. this album, to me, if you like if you like any of Ingve's catalog, I mean he's described it as pretty extreme and completely devoid mm. of compromise. So just imagine um, <laughs> it's um, no holds barred Ingve Malmsteen. And uh, yeah, I actually I was really hoping that this could have like crossed paths with Bill and Ted Three. It just sounds like the perfect sound, the perfect my perfect soundtrack for that is Ingvad Malmsteen. <laughs> yeah. Also, the newest Marty Friedman too. Both sounded perfect in my mind. But yeah, check this out. And I, he's going on the road to support it. Um, and uh, yeah, crank it. A very passionate unleashing of the fury from Ingvad Malmsteen on his latest effort. Nice. I uh, I'm going to use devoid of compromise in a work email this week somehow. That's much better than just saying the new song's gonna be heavy, you know. So so Ingve nailed he nailed the pre-album release uh, sound bites. He did. <laughs> he did. It's good PR. Um, I this is a band. My first pick is a band that they're doing it to me. I can tell it's happening. Like it's happened with. Um, a bunch of bands before where I never really was into Sabaton and um, I just thought they were too power metal-y for me personally, no um, disrespect whatsoever but slowly but surely I was like oh that song Bismarck's pretty good and then another song's pretty good and another song's pretty good and now I realize that I'm slowly becoming a Sabaton fan out of nowhere because when this new song Kingdom Come was released I instantly liked it um, it's it's really catchy. I'd say it's more in the ballad, power ballad territory, but it's just undeniably catchy and and good. And the production they sound huge, and um, these guys are pretty prolific. And I'm starting to become a Sabaton fan, just slowly but surely. So 
I'm sure you guys have had bands do that too, but um, but yeah, definitely check yeah. out Sabaton with Kingdom Come. Yes, awesome. I was I was that way with uh, Queensryche. I first heard them and was like, meh, uh, and it's not heavy, yeah. it's lame. And then I just kept hearing Operation Mindcrime over and over again and yeah, listened to the vocals. Too. And the vocals just blew me away, and then I was a fan ever since. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, all right, my new pick is way the fuck on a different spectrum uh, than metal. Um, there's a new, fairly new artist, and he's had... Like one big hit on the radio that just absolutely sucks, so I won't recommend listening to that. But I will recommend listening to the song The Search by NF. Uh, is a very, very talented hip-hop artist. Um, I believe he's out of New York. But uh, the album The Search and the single and title track off that is really powerful it could it's heavy it could easily be translated into a metal song for sure uh what i love about nf is that he is a hip-hop artist he um he writes a lot about his his mental health i think he he has he's diagnosed with ocd um probably anxiety and depression as well uh, he talks about that in his songs he talks about his childhood um, and he doesn't curse at all. Um, that is very refreshing in the hip hop world to find, find that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, cuss words, but once you just use them every, uh, every three words, you know, it, what's the point? Um, so I really like that he just talks about real stuff and he, he is talented. He can spit out the words faster than you can pick up on them. But, uh, so I, I love that, um, that song, The Search by NF. So check that out and blare it and turn the bass up. Let's see. Yeah, that's something Marco and I are proud of is that with, uh, with heavy radio, we like, there's a lot of styles that can encompass under that umbrella. As long as it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. Emotionally it's definitely heavy, very heavy. Emotionally heavy. Um, Oh, it's that yeah. P-H-A-T, you know, whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's all that. Water cooler. It yeah. is all that and a bag of chips. No, he didn't. He didn't. I did. <laughs> My next new track is Spirit Adrift with Forge Your Future. And out of bands that have put stuff out recently this is one of my favorites they have a new ep coming out called forge your future august 27th 2021 it was mixed and mastered by zeus who you definitely uh, know of if you didn't know he's done revocation work with revocation with sanctuary he did the year the sun died um, mm. definitely worked with some, some badass bands, Municipal Waste, he's worked with Three Inches of Blood, uh, Max Cavalera, oh, cool. so I'm excited to see kind of a, this band, you know, joining forces with somebody who's done a lot of epic work. Um, this is Spirit Adrift with Forge Your Future, Crank It Now. Okay. 
My uh, my last pick for the week is a band called Dear Mother, and this song is titled Means to No War. Um, really catchy chorus on this one. Uh, production's really kind of industrial. It's definitely got that modern, big, like, wall of sound like the Gent Cats like to do. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's got, there's something in there that I think it's really uh, catchy, the vocals, and there's something there. And this song uh, immediately jumped out to me. So it's, it's definitely my pick of the week that's kind of a, a different one, a different flavor. So try to always try to find one that I kind of branch out to, try something I don't usually listen to. So, uh, but yeah, this band, Dear Mother, is pretty cool. And uh, this song, Means to No War, is really great. So definitely check them out. All right. Um, all right. My last pick. Uh, I'm gonna do a little selfless promotion, or whatever you call it. Not selfless, oh, but no. a little self promotion <laughs> uh, for my band Shattered Earth um, with our new release. I think originally was my pick was gonna be Slow Burn, but I've already talked about that in, in detail earlier. So I'm going to go with my second favorite track on the album, uh, Garden of Disease. Uh, this song is, well, it's heavy and it's slow. It's, it has a doom metal feel to it um, with, I'd, I'd say, the vocals and my writing was influenced by Dane at the time. And it's the first song we wrote together as a band, uh, but I was definitely influenced by World Dane, just because I, I hear that doom, you know, and I don't do really scream vocals or growl. I do screams, but I don't do growls or doom black metal vocals. But um, so I have a more operatic sound, and the subject matter of the song Garden of Disease, my guitarist wanted it to be about the um, disease, uh, mental disease known as Cotard syndrome, where you uh, either think that you're dying, you think that you're sick and dying, or you can also think that you're actually dead and kind of wandering the earth. There um, are different symptoms of this sort of thing and different actually syndromes, not just Cotard syndromes, but these uh, mental diseases where people think that they're dead or that they are dying and so I wrote the song based on that but I also made it slightly vague enough to where anybody could listen to it and relate to it with any mental disease that they may have um, and that goes back to I was recently finally diagnosed uh, and properly medicated for bipolar uh, depression and anxiety so you know, I wrote those lyrics uh, sort of using that to write it, but it, it is also about the Cotard syndrome. But uh, it's a really cool song. Um, my, it's one of my favorites off the album, uh, Frenzy by Shattered Earth, my band. I'm lead vocalist for, and you should uh, check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you got. Yeah, I think it's great when Definitely. people get to a place where they're comfortable talking about those sorts of things and putting it in their art. So that's awesome. And also, mm -hmm. um, I love when people are guests on the show and do include songs that they worked on. Because to me, like, who better to hear about it from someone that was involved in the, the writing and the creation? 
So I always like, mm -hmm. if I think somebody might not do it, I try to add it myself and, and make them talk <laughs> yeah. about it. But so I'm yeah. glad it worked out that way. Another awesome moment here in heavy, heavy radio 33, crank it loud. Yeah, we'll yeah. end on that moment of metal magic. Yes. Check out Jeremy Walker and Shattered Earth. And uh, yeah, stay heavy until next episode and we'll, we'll fire it up again. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mark. Thank you.